A former federal prosecutor is promising to release the Kraken to prove that the 2020 election was stolen. In Sidney Powell's words during a wild press conference, President Trump actually won the election in a landslide and the left and the administrative state and the media are trying to steal it from him. This is stunning, heartbreaking, infuriating, and the most unpatriotic acts I can even imagine for people in this country to have participated in in any way, shape, or form. And I want the American public to know right now that we will not be intimidated. American patriots are fed up with the corruption from the local level to the highest level of our government, and we are going to take this country back. We are not going to be intimidated. We are not going to back down. We are going to clean this mess up now. President Trump won by a landslide. We are going to prove it, and we are going to reclaim the United States of America for the people who vote for freedom. Those are pretty big claims, but are they true? The Trump team seems to be distancing themselves from Sidney Powell. The left and the right are uniting to attack Powell and even in some cases demanding that President Trump concede. And I feel as though I am the last patient man in America. We will break down what's cracking. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Sidney Powell will release the Kraken. I will release all of the puns. I am going to use puns of Kraken in as many show titles <laughs> as I possibly can. And I also am going to take this seriously. I think a, a lot of people are just rushing right now to attack the Trump legal team or to attack Trump, not just the left, but also Republicans too, as though we didn't have a legal process that is going to play out. Now, of course, as part of that legal process, uh, we are going to uh, have to see some evidence and time is ticking for that evidence, uh, which is why if you want to check the time, you've got to get yourself a movement watch. We all know that 2020 is uh, not playing by any of the usual rules. The same goes for holiday shopping as well. Between shipping delays, between the mess and stress of in-store shopping experiences, there are not many great options, but our friends over at movement watches have made gift giving easy. Movement makes clean and modern watches, blue light glasses and accessories. They get great quality and style and you do not need to break the bank to get it. So last year for Christmas, I got my father a few gifts and I got him a movement watch. Now, um, you know, I get a discount on movement watches since they're a sponsor of the show and they're so reasonably priced that actually it wasn't like the most expensive thing I got him. By far his favorite gift that I have gotten him in years probably. Feels like a four dollars to $500 watch, but you won't pay that price. Uh, you can get them uh, for a fraction of that price, actually. They're designed in-house in Los Angeles. Check out Movement's biggest sale of the year with fast, free shipping and free returns by going to mvmt.com slash Knowles. My favorite comment, by the way, from the show on Thursdays from Vinnie Durham, who says, Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself, but he did vote for Joe Biden. <laughs> that is almost certainly true, right? I, I'm not saying Jeffrey Epstein voted, but if he voted, the guy definitely voted for Joe Biden. Now, that, that is one aspect of uh, voter fraud that you, you've seen historically in, in the United States, which is that uh, nefarious political actors will fill in ballots for dead people. 
And, uh, you know, you see this happen in every election, almost to some degree. So the question is, does it happen enough to throw an election? That's not, though, quite what Sidney Powell is alleging here. There was a, a fairly long press conference on Friday with the Trump legal team, Rudy Giuliani, our friend Jenna Ellis, and uh, Sidney Powell, who was there. They were, they were all alleging sort of different things and uh, different aspects of the irregularities that took place. Uh, Sidney Powell has is, is gone the furthest. She's saying that there is a conspiracy. You know, the, the thing about conspiracy theories is sometimes there actually is a conspiracy. Very often there are not, but sometimes there are. And she says she's going to release the Kraken. For those who don't know, the Kraken is a giant Scandinavian octopus. It's a mythical beast that comes out and rips sailors down to their watery, watery deaths. And uh, so she's saying, yes, I'm going to release this giant monster and show you that there's this, this giant tentacled thing that is uh, all around our government. So what are the specific claims made in the press conference? The conference began with Rudy Giuliani and everyone's attacking Rudy because he's kind of an eccentric character and it looked like his hair dye was running down his face a little bit. Uh, but I have to tell you, I get such a kick out of Rudy Giuliani. I, I absolutely cannot attack the guy. One thing that people kept kept hitting him for is because he made a reference to one of the greatest movies of all time, My Cousin Vinny. Did you all watch My Cousin Vinny? Did, you know the movie? My, it's one of my favorite uh, war movies because he comes from Brooklyn. And uh, when the, the nice lady who said she saw, and then he, uh, he, he says to her, how many f- fingers do I, how many fingers do I got up? And she says, uh, three. Well, she was too far away to see it was only two. These people were further away than my cousin Vinny was from the witness. So Rudy Giuliani is describing why the poll watchers who were not, Republican poll watchers were not permitted into the election centers in a number of places around the country, notably in Philadelphia, even after there was a court order saying, hey, you crooks, you got to let the Republican poll watchers in, in many places still wasn't happening. And even where Republican poll watchers were permitted in, often it was the case that the poll watchers had to stand not just six feet away, 20 feet away, 50 feet away from where the votes are being counted. And so Rudy's using this example from my cousin Vinny saying, you can't see that closely. That is a, an evocative example. It's not, they say, why is Rudy talking about my cousin Vinny? Well, because he's giving a news conference and he wants to get people's attention. That's a good way to do it. Another great moment during the press conference, again, has not terribly much to do with the specific allegations themselves, but I loved it nonetheless, is where Rudy taught the American public, a word of Italian-American slang, which is uh, stunad. You knew, if you lived in Philadelphia, unless you're stunad, that's an Italian expression for stupid, unless you're stupid, you knew that a lot of people were coming over from Camden to vote. They do every year. Happens all the time in Philly. It's about as frequent as getting beaten up at a Philadelphia Eagle basketball, uh, football game. Happens all the time, all the time. All the time. Stunad. This is, it, it does occur to me for people who are not of Italian extraction or are not from New York, you might not know that expression. It, it actually, Rudy's misstating it a little bit here. It comes from the Italian word stonato, which is like out of tune, you know, out of whack, not, not quite uh, on, online, not quite in mel- mel- melody or in harmony. Uh, so sure, stupid. People are knocking Rudy for this. This is classic Rudy. This is why you hire Rudy Giuliani. He is not making an argument before a judge right now. Some critics are saying maybe they should focus all their efforts just on making arguments before a judge. But this is a press conference. This is designed to entertain you and to grab your attention and therefore, thereby 
to give you the facts. Donald Trump does this very well. He makes a big, big show and he gets everybody's attention and then people are paying attention to what he is telling them. That is what Rudy Giuliani is doing here. I find it charming and I really enjoyed it. Then there, there was <laughs> just one other moment that I thought it was perfect. I mean, you can see how Rudy and Trump have been friends for decades now. He's asked questions by the press and he takes some questions. He doesn't take other questions. And uh, for one, he could tell they were kind of activists. They were a little bit more left wing. So he asks them, who are you with? What publication are you with? CNN. <laughs> Perfect way to respond. Perfect way to respond to CNN. Just laugh in their face. This is the difference you're seeing between two types of Republicans here, two types of conservatives. The ones who are, are really nervous about what the left thinks of them and say that we need to rush to attack Giuliani and Jenna and Sidney Powell and Trump and we need to rush to tell them to concede and we need to rush to say this is all crazy and there shouldn't be legal challenges. The ones who are, I don't know, what do you call them? The, I, I've been calling them the court jester conservatives. The ones who are willing to play according to the rules set by the liberals. That's one type of conservative here. And the other kind are the ones who just laugh, who laugh at CNN, who say, yeah, I don't care what you think of me, CNN. I don't care what you think of me, administrative state. I don't care what you think of me, left. You have no credibility, left-wingers. You see this especially when the left accuses conservatives of being racist or sexist or whatever, some ist, some ism word. And there's some people who say, no, no, I'm not, please. You know, they really want to defend themselves against some calumnious charge. And then the other ones who say, who cares? I don't care what you say. You have no, you have absolutely no right to say that to me. You have no credibility. That's what Rudy's doing. And you know, he, he might have eccentricities. He might have foibles. His, his hair gel might run down his face, but that is the attitude. That is the only attitude that is going to be successful. I'm not saying it will be successful. But I'm saying if there, we have a chance of being successful, the only way to do it is to tune out what the left is saying. To tune out the stunad left. Then he gets to the specific allegations. Okay. And what Rudy's talking about here are voting irregularities, specifically the counting of illegal ballots. Now it's not necessarily the case that the voters themselves are ineligible to vote. Maybe they are, maybe they aren't, but that the ballots themselves, because of the mode in which they were transmitted, the mode in which they were counted are themselves illegal. And Rudy thinks there were lots and lots of these illegally counted ballots enough to throw them all out and overturn some of these state decisions. There are 60,000 ballots in Milwaukee County and 40,000 ballots in Madison that, as far as we can tell, and this is why we've, we're auditing, because we have very good information that the numbers are going to come out about here, that don't have applications. Under the law of the state of Wisconsin, already decided, if there's no application for an absentee ballot, the absentee ballot is thrown away. This all happened in two places in Wisconsin. Didn't happen in northern Wisconsin. Didn't happen in Republican Wisconsin. Didn't happen in neutral Wisconsin, where there are an equal number of Republicans and Democrats. It happened in a place where the vote was 75, 80% for the Democrat. Of course, we know this. We know that there are these crooked machine cities. We know that all the irregularities were happening in these crooked, one-party, Democratic-controlled cities. Is it enough to throw the election? Who knows? That, that's why there's a legal process playing out. But don't look me in the eye and tell me 
that everything was above board here. We know that it wasn't. We know, I mean, just to use that one example in Pennsylvania, we know that crooked election officials were violating court orders. For what purpose? Because everything was above board? I don't think so. We know that there were shenanigans that went on and Rudy is making an aggressive case that because of those shenanigans, you got to throw out those ballots. And if you throw out those ballots, maybe you can flip the states. If you flip the states, maybe you can flip the election. Very important to focus on ballot security. That's what, that's what Rudy's talking about. It's going to be a little bit different than what Sidney Powell's talking about. But what Rudy's talking about is the security of the ballot box itself. And you should also think about the security of your identity. This holiday season, you can miss certain identity threats by just monitoring your credit and bank statements. That's why you got to get a LifeLock. LifeLock is the leader in identity theft protection. LifeLock helps detect a wide range of identity threats, such as maybe number one issue, your social security number for sale on the dark web. If LifeLock detects your information being used in their network, they will send you an alert. If you become a victim of identity theft, LifeLock can help you restore your identity easier than what you can do on your own. Okay. It is very easy for someone to steal your information if you are not being responsible for protecting your data. I know this is the sort of thing you don't think about. I used to not think about it very much either. It is unbelievable how vulnerable we are when we go online, when we use our computers and our phones to identity theft. Don't do it. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock can help you feel warm and protected this holiday season. Save up to 25% off your first year at LifeLock.com slash Knowles. That is LifeLock.com slash Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S, for 25% off. Okay, so Rudy is making his, his uh, I think, excellent point here about Wisconsin. It's an aggressive point. The judges might not care. They might throw it out. There might be so many political considerations. They, they can't do it. They don't want to over, overturn the election in these states. There might be not insufficient evidence. It, uh, we don't know what Rudy has, but what he's describing is pretty significant. Then you get to the woman that everyone's talking about, Sidney Powell. Sidney Powell is not talking about dead people voting. Sidney Powell is not talking about the illegal counting of, of ballots in certain polling locations. Sidney Powell is alleging massive widespread electronic voter fraud. She's specifically alleging that the alphabet agencies, you're talking about agencies like the CIA, the FBI, that these agencies went in and manipulated votes. She's alleging that the software that we're, we're describing here, this, this Dominion software is, is one piece that's come up, Smartmatic, another company that's come up, that this was uh, done in, uh, th this was constructed in cooperation with crooked governments that would steal elections. The alphabet agencies have been involved in this, and that basically there was a, a massive, not just national, but international conspiracy to steal this election. That is the claim. Actually, uh, not last Friday, the Friday before when, when I was filling in for Rush, well, we spoke to Rudy Giuliani and he, Mayor Giuliani brought up that there were huge, shocking issues with Dominion and Smartmatic. So it wasn't just Sidney Powell making this argument, though she was the only one making this argument at the press conference. So here is Sidney Powell's grand claim. One of its most characteristic features is, is its ability to flip votes. It can set and run an algorithm that probably ran all over the country to take a certain percentage of votes from President Trump and flip them to President Biden, which we might never have uncovered had the votes for President Trump not been so overwhelming in so many of these states that it broke the algorithm that had been plugged into the system. And that's what caused them to have to shut down 
in the states they shut down in. So she's saying that, and we remember this on election night, for some reason the vote counting stopped just for, and, and then in some places it continued, even though it was continuing behind closed doors illegally, not the way it was supposed to be done. Why did that happen? Sidney Powell said it's happening because people were electronically trying to steal the election and so many people voted for Trump, they had to go in and fix it somehow. Okay. We don't, we don't have evidence for it. We just have the circumstances that Sidney Powell is bringing up and we have her claims. And, and I should point out, Sidney Powell has had a real career. She was an assistant U.S. attorney, federal prosecutor. She was the lawyer for Mike Flynn. So this is not, you know, some lady sitting with tinfoil, a tinfoil hat on. Now, I don't know, maybe she's gone completely insane. That's an allegation against her. Maybe she is, maybe she hasn't. Maybe she's a very serious lawyer and she actually has the goods. We don't know. She has been going on news shows over the past weekend to give greater detail on some of her claims. This isn't a summary judgment motion where we actually have to produce any evidence now. Your typical lawsuit, you just file the statement of what the charges are without any affidavits or anything. But are you saying the, you're going to file the, way the, the same? The media is going about this is absolutely ridiculous and unreasonable to expect us to put evidence in right now. Although we are, we know election issues are on an expedited schedule, but I could wait a month to file the fraud case and everybody would have to undo their certifications because it's so bad. But are you saying you're going to file the same case in multiple jurisdictions or in one jurisdiction? Each one's a little bit different depending on what happened in the state, the different manner and means and the evidentiary aspects that support each one. You know, we've got different affidavits from different witnesses in each of the states. So there are going to be some differences between them, but they're going to be claims that are, are identical. Some of the legal claims are going to be identical. For example, in a, in a number of states, the, there were modifications to the machine after the statutory cutoff date that should invalidate every vote cast on the machine. So she's sticking with her story and she's giving more examples that we haven't seen a ton of hard evidence just yet. Since these interviews, the Trump legal team it has distanced itself from Sidney Powell. They sent out a, a message last night, said Sidney Powell is practicing law on her own. She's not a member of the Trump legal team. She is also not a lawyer for the president in his personal capacity. That was a memo that came out from Rudy Giuliani and, Je- and Jenna Ellis, who are on the Trump legal team. Now, in the past, President Trump has described Sidney Powell as a member of the Trump legal team. I don't know that Sidney Powell has ever described herself as a member of the Trump legal team. I think she's described herself as a supporter of the president, but I haven't seen her do that. News shows have described her as a member of the Trump legal team. But again, I don't know that she has herself. Now, Powell, for her part, has responded to this statement. Powell, for some reason, was kicked off of Twitter when all of this came out. So she couldn't defend herself on Twitter. That's a little strange. And Powell responds and says, I understand today's press release. I will continue to represent we the people who had their votes for Trump and other Republicans stolen by massive fraud through Dominion and Smartmatic, and we'll be filing suit soon. The chips will fall where they may, and we will defend the foundations of this great republic. Hashtag Kraken on steroids. <laughs> so, so Sidney Powell totally doubling down. And unless you think, by the way, that the, the Trump legal team is, is totally shocked by what Sidney Powell is saying, go back to the, the Rush Limbaugh show, not, not the, you know, three days ago, not this past Friday, but the Friday before that, when I was filling in Rudy Giuliani bringing up similar issues, maybe not with the same ferocity, maybe not with the same uh, grandiosity, but he is bringing up the same issues with Dominion and Smartmatic. What do we make of all of this? I think that just about 
Every single person in politics on the left and the right is getting this issue wrong. So I will tell you the correct way to view this issue. Uh, but first, we, we got to thank our friends over at Acre Gold. Here is something new. You know that the price of gold has been skyrocketing lately, right? And you know that it's difficult to buy gold because gold bars are expensive and we don't all have zillions of dollars lying around. We say, oh yes, honey, when you go pick up uh, the milk today, could you give me a few bars of gold, please? Thank you. No, gold, gold is expensive to invest in. Acre has figured this out. They have a tremendous new way to invest in gold. Acre lets you subscribe to gold bars for as little as 30 bucks a month. But gold bars cost more than 30 bucks a month. So how do you do it? You pay each month, and once your gold stash reaches the price of their gold bars, they will discreetly ship you Acre Gold to your house. Acre lets you invest in physical gold without coming out of pocket all at once. Acre keeps you updated on your gold stash every month and ships once you reach the price threshold with Acre. Taking physical delivery of your gold means that it's safe and sound and in your hands. Acre also just recently introduced their new $100 per month subscription for their 5-gram gold bar. I personally enjoy investing in physical precious metals. I've, I've done it myself. Sweet little Lisa's done it. Uh, I, I enjoy that. It's, as conservatives, I think, in general, like to know that they've got some of their uh, investments in physical stuff that they can touch. Visit getacregold.com slash Knowles, and start investing in physical gold today. Make sure you go to this URL because Acre's giving away a gold bar to qualify for that giveaway. Tweet or post why you should be the recipient and mention at get underscore Acre. That is getacregold.com slash Knowles. Thank you, Acre Gold, for supporting the show. What do we make of all of this? Is Sidney Powell single-handedly saving the republic? Is Sidney Powell completely insane? Is President Trump going to win the election? Is President Trump destroying the republic by not conceding? Oh, my goodness gracious. Am I, am I the last patient person in the world? Am I the last calm, non-hysterical person on planet Earth? Sometimes it feels that way. We have liberals on the one hand disingenuously demanding that President Trump concede before the legal process plays out, before the process within our constitutional framework plays out. Then on the other hand, we have fretful conservatives nervously demanding that Trump concede as well. And even more of them attacking Powell, first chance they get. Even, you know, prominent Cable news hosts who usually are considered pretty conservative or usually pretty hardcore, slamming Powell. Why? My, I think my take is completely different than all of these. My take is uh, chill, calm down. There's a process here. They will have their day in court. Sidney Powell will have her day in court. She will file her claims and argue them before the judge. Or she won't. If she doesn't, then obviously she doesn't have the goods. If she does, she will argue the claims. The evidence will be presented then. Maybe the evidence will be convincing. Maybe it won't. Even if the evidence is convincing, maybe the judge won't care anyway. But maybe the evidence isn't convincing. It'll be thrown out and then we will know who the president is when the courts make their ruling. Has, has everybody forgotten that patience is a virtue? It's okay. You don't need to, we don't need to rush to slam some conservative lawyer. We don't need to rush to concede an election. We also don't need to rush and say there, we have hundred percent proof that the election was stolen and Biden's completely, we don't need to rush toward any of that. It's not going to do any good, is it? There is a process that is going to decide who the president is, whether we like it or not. 
And that is, that's not even just some process that was cooked up in the last five or 10 years by some nefarious progressives. That's a process that we've had for centuries in this country. And that's what's going to happen. And, and there's no reason necessarily to overthrow that. There's no reason to rush that process as well. Bush v. Gore lasted something like 38 days. How many days are we into this now? We're 20 days in? Okay. Seems to me like we still have time. And there are a lot more states up for dispute. There's a lot more evidence of irregularities today in the 2020 election than there ever were in 2000 with the hanging chads in Florida. The election is not over, but there is a distinct, or I suppose maybe a more than distinct possibility that when this process plays out in court, the courts will name Joe Biden the president. And Joe Biden, I'm sorry to say, has not been instilling confidence in all of us if he does ascend to the presidency. Take a listen to some, some soaring rhetoric recently from Mr. Biden. They talked about that in some detail. Thirdly, we discussed the need to help states with Title 32 funding for the National Guard. That's a fancy way of saying governors, governors need to be able to get funding when they, dispo, when they, dis, they need to uh, and, and bring, bring their National Guard into play. And National Guards are going to have to play this. It costs a lot of money. Ah, yes. I forgot about the, what was that? Huh? What'd you say? Come again? What the Biden team has been doing, what, what liberals have been doing is they're blaming this on Joe Biden's childhood stutter. You see, so if you uh, in any way question Joe Biden's uh, mental faculties, if you in any way question his ability to communicate ideas, you are you're mean, you're cruel, you're ableist. You are making fun of this trait that he had no control over that he's had since he was a child. The problem with that argument, of course, is that Joe Biden's childhood stutter mysteriously disappeared for 70 years. Right? He had, I guess he had it when he was a child. He's 78 years old now. He had it when he was a child. Then it went away. And then he had a 50-year political career, what, 47 years to be precise, 47-year political career, no stutter. No, the childhood stutter was fixed. And then the childhood stutter comes back at age 76, 77, 78. That's no longer a childhood stutter. That's something different. That's evidence of cognitive decline that I don't think anybody, if you caught any of the Biden staffers in a moment of honesty, I don't think any of them would Deny. So then Joe Biden clarifies, quote unquote, what he's thinking. We talked a lot about with the governors about what the immediate needs are. I'm going to, we're going to impose the, we're going to enforce the, excuse me, employ the Defense uh, Reconstructive Act to be able to go out there and dictate companies build and do following things. We need much more testing. We need much more masking. We need more, we need gloves. I asked them each to go and ask the National Governor Association through the Governor Cuomo and the ones on the line to let us know what their shortages are, what they anticipate. This is so embarrassing. The left has been saying now for years that Trump is so embarrassing. Donald Trump is Pericles compared to Joe Biden. Donald Trump is Abraham Lincoln in his soaring oratory compared to Joe Biden and in his moral clarity and in his political vision, the clarity of that vision. It's very difficult to believe the claims of voter fraud that are be, that are, specifically they're being made by Sidney Powell. Not, not because I don't think it's possible that they have, I think it is possible. It's just because of how grand it would be. It, it, because of how 
significant that kind of uh, an issue would be if really, you know, the bureaucracy and the administrative state are colluding with these, di- these different election officials in already, we know, corrupt states and cities to, to steal an election on a, on a massive organized scale, which is, which is different than just, you know, an irregularity here and a little crookedness and a little cheating here and there. So it, it is hard to believe that. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's hard to believe that. Then on the other hand, it's much harder to believe the deep staters, the bureaucracy, the administrative state that spied on President Trump in 2016, that tried to stage a legal coup d'etat in the, the ensuing three and a half years through countless investigations, through a completely illegitimate impeachment and so forth. So it's, you can't believe them. You certainly can't believe them. And, and you certainly 100% can't believe the media who have spent not just years, but decades lying to you. Who do we believe? My take is we wait for the evidence and just, we stay calm, stay cool. When you get really worked up, when you get really angry, when you get really red in the face, you make mistakes. You do things that you will regret later. Stay cool. Don't let them, don't let the left troll you into that kind of madness. Stay cool, stay calm, have faith. It'll work out. You know, there's that line, my, my friend and priest, Father Rutler, George Rutler says, difference between a Scottish optimist and a Scottish pessimist. Scottish pessimist says things can't get any worse. Scottish optimist says, oh yes, they can. I think that same thing can be said of conservatives. You know, it might, it's might not work out. We know at a certain point, the culture is going to keep getting worse and worse and worse. (laughs) That's something we can be sure of. And so we'll, we will just have to wait and see grit and bear it and have courage, which is the prerequisite for all of the other virtues. And we can fight back. You know, our wonderful press secretary, Kayleigh McEnany, is fighting back. That press secretary who makes all of our conservative hearts go pitter-patter. We'll get to her in a second. You know, Thanksgiving is almost here. That means that Black Friday is almost here too. Since last year's Black Friday deal, we have been consistently adding more features and products to our membership program, and we're really excited about it. To name a few things, we've added more exclusive Reader's Pass content. Our insider and above members can now stream our content on Apple TV and Roku. And we are currently adding the entire PragerU catalog behind our paywall, which I think is really great because I have a show on PragerU called The Book Club, and you'll be able to get that show uh, behind the paywall Daily Wire. Your account now comes with custom badges that you can earn by participating in current events. If you're an All Access member, you get to join All Access Live, our exclusive daily live streams with me and the other hosts. And more importantly, the uh, members of the Daily Wire elite All Access tier from whom I regularly steal ideas, and I look forward to stealing your ideas as well. So you definitely got to go to All Access. You also get not one, but two leftist years tumblers, early access to our Daily Wire merch, and Daily Wire discussions with our writers and special guests. We're also continuing to add new features and products, such as, you know, obviously the, the PragerU library. We're also adding Candace Owens over here, who will be launching a new show with us next year. So needless to say, we're very excited about this year's Black Friday deal. You won't want to miss it. We'll be right back with a lot more. While we wait, while we try to figure out what happened in 2020, we don't need to just roll over. You know, we can push back where we can. Rudy Giuliani did that and Kayleigh McEnany doing that as well. A bunch of those hyenas in the press pool were screaming at her in the White House briefing room. And she made clear she feels no obligation to call on radical left reporters. Thank you everyone for the very good and substantive questions today. I don't call an activist. I'm not an activist. 
question since October 1st and you just took about five daily? I don't call on activists, nor should she, nor should she. I'm all for calling on real reporters who are having a good faith conversation, but not for activists. This is actually something that I, I've realized uh, in online discussions, in public debates, you know, whenever people challenge you to a debate or these sorts of things. I think it is good to have good faith debate. I think that is a good, th I love doing it. It's one of my favorite things to do. And I think it is not only pointless, but damaging and counterproductive to engage in bad faith debates. There are a number of leftist blue checks who all they want to do is make bad faith arguments. And then if you kind of poke some holes in those arguments and you try to take the discussion further to a deeper and more interesting place, they won't do it. Maybe because they're not capable of it, but certainly because they're not interested in that. You have no responsibility to engage in that kind of a debate. I actually think it's, it's just a, a temptation and it's something wrong to do to engage in that kind of debate. And that's what Kelly McEnany is saying. She's saying, I'm not, no, I don't, I don't talk to act. I talk to reporters. If you, if you want to be a reporter, I'll talk to you. If you're just going to be an activist, that's not what this is for. That's not what the White House briefing room is for. Speaking of activists in the media, there's, there is one who just went a bit viral for expressing a view that I think is actually pretty common on the left. And it is, it should make us all just a, a wee bit worried if Joe Biden becomes president. The Pulitzer Prize winning art critic, Jerry Saltz, I believe he said, was he at New York Times Magazine or so? He's somewhere. He's a very prominent art critic. Uh, Jerry Saltz is now suggesting that republicanism, conservatism, should not be tolerated. He writes, republicanism is no longer a political problem. Republicanism is a social problem. It must be treated in the same way coronavirus is treated. It has to be isolated and snuffed out by repressing it in about 70% of the population. Isolated and snuffed out. This, first of all, Jerry Saltz probably knows more about art than I do. May, I assume he does. He might not have the, the correct views on art, but at least he, in terms of just knowing, of that, he might, he might. That's his area of expertise. But he doesn't know a damn thing about politics. Just listen to this nonsense sentence. Republicanism is no longer a political problem. It is a social problem. Political problems are social problems, and social problems are political problems. Politics means what we do together. Politics means how we all engage and live together. It comes from the Greek city-state, the polis. That's, what it, that's all it means. The left has tried to narrow the realm of politics. It's ironic. What the left has done is both make everything political. Your sneakers are political. The coffee you drink is political. Everything now is political. The shows you watch, the sports you watch are all political except for politics, then politics is no longer political. Areas that are open for public debate by citizens are now taken out of that political sphere. So everything, it's, it, their views are, are totally contradictory on this. But the, the reason is, in a traditional American polity, we might just, if you wear a certain set of sneakers and I wear a certain set of sneakers, we just choose not to engage in that. We, we, we think, okay, that's sort of beyond the realm of important political discussion. Yeah, it's public yet. Yeah, I guess it relates to how we are. But we're, we're going we're gonna to focus on the issues that really matter. We're going to prioritize our issues. And what the left has done is totally flip that. So all the really important questions, how our government is set up, how elections are conducted, who gets to come into the country, uh, whether you can kill babies, whether you can execute mass murderers or serial killers or rapists or... or uh, teenager murderers, you know, which we're actually going to get to in a second. 
that is taken out of the realm. And that's given to experts and scientists in lab coats who are deemed to rule us better than we rule ourselves. Uh, this guy went viral and people are attacking him for it. I, I don't think he's calling for the mass murder of conservatives as some people do. I don't think he's even particularly radical. I think this is the mainstream, mainstream left-wing and liberal view. I think he's just saying it out loud, which is that conservative views are illegitimate. They should not be permitted in the public sphere. We need to re-educate all the conservatives so that they are, they're not conservative anymore. And they need to get with the program because progress is now, it's no longer a matter of politics. It is a scientific matter. We're going to give it to the experts. The constitution is inadequate to govern the country. We've got to be governed under this organic bureaucracy that's going to, maybe it's going to be a little capricious, but it's going to have energy and pull us toward utopia and toward progress. I think that's what they believe. I think that's what progressives have believed since at least Woodrow Wilson. And this guy's just saying it. And it's about time that we recognize it because the, the left is becoming more brazen in the way that they're uh, trying to bring that about. If Joe Biden becomes president, especially if those two Republican senators in Georgia lose their runoff races, we're in a bad position. The, the Democrats have already told us they're going to get rid of the filibuster. They're going to add two new states. They've promised us DC and Puerto Rico, which would fundamentally shift the balance of power in the country. It would destroy the Republican party at, at the presidential level. It would destroy the Republican party as a national governing party. They would obviously institute their radical agenda, uh, issues like the Green New Deal, mass redistribution of wealth, a new racial caste system, which they've been pushing for, all those sorts of things. That is now a mainstream view. Now, there is some pushback. There is a little bit of push. I mean, the, the, the place you see the, the scientific view of politics most clearly is with this coronavirus epidemic, where the, the experts, who now, I guess, rule us more than the elected officials, they just changed their mind. One day they say, you can't wear a mask. It's the scientific view. If you wear a mask, you're an idiot. You're harming people. Then the day after that, they say, you have to wear a mask. If you don't wear a mask, you're harming people. And we just have to pretend like they didn't say the other thing the day before. We just have to pretend like they're not contradicting themselves. We're not allowed to ask a question. If you even ask a question, you are killing people because you're depriving the scientific government of energy. And that is uh, irresponsible. It's reckless. It's anti-American. There is some pushback against that, against that creeping bureaucracy that governs according to quote unquote scientific norms. That's outside the bounds of constitutional government. Just up in Buffalo, New York, a guy had his business raided by these thugs from the government. And these thugs came in and they wanted to make him wear masks and they wanted to enforce all of these capricious rules that are written by egghead bureaucrats and change every single day. And this business owner wasn't going to take it anymore. And this business owner stood up to those cops and told them to get out of his store. People actually work for their money and they don't want to lose their livelihood. I've lost friends, Call I've lost family power. who've killed themselves. I've seen clients die because they've lost their livelihood. I'm sorry to hear that. I know you are, and I'm just a pale, I'm asking for you to guys have yeah, some compassion for the people that have lost everything. We do have compassion for people who Okay, well, you need to go have compassion out in the parking lot. But this is private property. This is, this is private property. This, this is private property. Yes, it is. It's private property. Go I get a warrant. Listen, man, this is private property. They're not wanted here. So. Do your jobs. Well, her job is. Well, oh, no, no. Your you job is to remove people that are not wanted here. You have a problem. We're wanted here. Department. They're not. You She's hiding department her department name tag. She had a name tag. I'm not. It's my name. It's my name. They're just doing their job. There we go. You should all be wearing masks. How come I'm not doing you have anything masks wrong. on? Don't worry about my health. My health isn't you're, your concern. You're meant to be wearing a mask. It's a government. Okay, well, then write me up. It's the law. Okay, then take me to jail. 
Then take me to jail. Show me the law. Show me the law. Show me the law. Well, I think we got to go You have to leave. You guys have to leave. You have to leave. Right now, you're trespassing without a warrant. I don't know why that one sheriff's deputy sounds like he's vaguely British or Canadian or something, but it's so fitting because you get this American, just, just great American man. And he's like, get out of my business. You people are violating the law. GTFO basically, right? That's, that's the subtext of everything he's saying. And then this, this ridiculous bureaucrat, this, this awful uh, underminer of our of our legal order. He goes, oh, you you you're meant to be wearing a mask. You're you you come on. You should be wear. Where's the law? Show it. Oh, you should wear a mask. Come on, it's not a big deal. Well, if it's not a big deal, why are you invading my business? Why are you, isn't it? Doesn't this risk more lives by you coming in here? You could spread it. Who knows? It could be a super spreader event. No, it's just a flex of power. Where are you meant to be wearing a mask? No, I'm not. I'm not meant to be wearing a mask. I'm a human being and I'm meant to breathe fresh air and I'm meant to be a social creature and I'm meant to see other people and see smiles and communicate with people because that is the, what, perhaps the defining feature of my humanity. So I'm not meant to be wearing a mask. These guys don't back down. And finally, because they can't produce a warrant, the cops, they can't, they got nothing. Finally, they leave. You don't get to violate the Constitution. It's just the code. It's not the law. It's the code that some bureaucrat wrote. So you have no legal remedies to that. You guys just start chanting at these these just dunce cops. Oh, okay. I suppose we leave. We're meant to leave them. They're on the phone. I don't know why. The Americans won't let us come in and take away all of their rights and invade their businesses. Yeah, damn right. Damn right. The left, the left is furious that they can't come up with new codes every single day, capricious new regulations and enforce them willy-nilly. But then the left is furious when just laws are actually enforced. Give you an example. Uh, Just uh, over the past few days, Orlando Hall was executed by the state. Orlando Hall, and people are very upset. I think he was a, a black man, so they're making a racial issue out of this as well. Obviously, it has nothing to do with his crime or the way he was convicted and the way that he was executed, but they're, they're trying to make a racial issue out of it. Then they're trying to say the death penalty is illegitimate per se. Here's one writer from The Atlantic. There will never be a day when the death penalty is anything other than utterly cruel and barbaric, but this execution is made particularly horrific by the fact that Orlando Hall is the first person to be executed by a lame duck administration in over 100 years. No, he was executed by the criminal justice system and a lame duck administration is another term for the administration. It's another term for the duly elected president and the man who's tasked with the responsibility to to execute the laws. And when the law says so, to execute criminals. Ayanna Presley, who is the Ringo star of the squad, says, we must abolish the death penalty. Joe Biden, same thing, expresses his opposition to the death penalty. This is one area where uh, conservatives sometimes go a little squishy and get it wrong. Probably because they're following their right lights, you know, but they just, they're, they just get it a little off in the beginning. Who was this poor man who was executed by the state? Uh, Orlando Hall uh, was convicted of uh, kidnapping a 16-year-old Texas girl. Uh, then uh, repeatedly raping her, then bludgeoning her on the head with a shovel, but not killing her. He uh, buried her alive after he bludgeoned her with the the shovel. 
And then uh, because she didn't die, he doused her with gasoline and lit her on fire. That guy, that's the guy. That's the, the great cause that the left is taking up. They say, well, it's wrong for the state to kill a man. Why? Well, according to what standard? Uh, Christianity, uh, the Bible explicitly defends, St. Paul explicitly defends capital punishment. The great doctors of the church explicitly defend capital punishment. St. Thomas Aquinas explicitly defends capital punishment. Well, the, no, the church though, Catholics in particular talk about this. Many popes not only defended the death penalty, they carried them out. Blessed Pope Pius IX carried out many death penalties in the papal states. Justice is an important thing. Mercy is wonderful too, especially at a personal level, but justice must be carried out. The idea that you can take, give a man, I don't know, 30 years or 50 years in prison and that that's totally fine, not, not morally questionable at all, but that by killing a man, for the crime, letting a man stand up and hang or stand up with a cigarette in front of a firing squad and take his just punishment. That that is somehow unjust, immoral. It's morally incoherent to say that. Totally incoherent. The, the victims here have some claim to justice and the state has a responsibility to exact justice. You know, the left does pick very unpopular issues here. Very, uh, very, it's very bizarre. Obviously, their, their crazed opposition to the death penalty would be one example. But another example would be this Green New Deal. Uh, so AOC was holding, just to show you the popularity of the Green New Deal, $93 trillion program that would utterly upend American society and basically overturn the Constitution. AOC holds an event for the Green New Deal. She's there. She's in the background. These two activists show up and they're so earnest and they're so ready. Oh my gosh, you can hear the enthusiasm in everybody's voices. We're about to sing a song called We Are Standing For Our Futures. If you know the song, sing along. If you don't know it, listen and then sing in when you figure it out. All right. We are standing for our futures. We are healing what is wrong. We are standing for our futures and together we are strong. It's so sad. You see like two people in the background clapping. Even AOC can't really muster the energy to do it. We are standing for our futures and together Even like sort of middle-aged women who would usually be enthusiastic for this. I can't. I can't do it. We are standing for our future. Not the most creative lyric either. I might contribute strong. to it. We are standing for our futures. We yeah. are healing what is wrong. No, no verse. They never get to a verse. Don't get to a bridge. And together we One more time. One more time. One more time, everybody. Please, any of you. Can, can you sing along? Now AOC is trying to gosh, end this. Please, you're making my legislation strong. look so sad. We are standing for our future. Is that going to be our future? Is the Green New Deal going to be our future? Is the administrative state going to be our future? Is ceding more and more control over to absolutely idiotic scientific eggheads going to be our future? Or are we going to take our future back? There's a process that's going to play out. We're going to have to have patience and we're going to have to keep fighting. I'm Michael Knowles. This is the Michael Knowles Show. If you enjoyed this episode, and frankly, even if you didn't, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, 
including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Clavin Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Supervising producers, Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Assistant director, Pavel Wadowski. Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. Audio mixer, Robin Fenderson. Hair and makeup, Nika Geneva. And production assistant, Ryan Love. The Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020. If you prefer facts over feelings, aren't offended by the brutal truth, and you can still laugh at the insanity filling our national news cycle, well, tune in to The Ben Shapiro Show. We'll get a whole lot of that and much more. See you there. Hey, 